This is Kate, and I want you to know that Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, and I have partnered up. MyPillow has fantastic products. Not only the amazing MyPillow, but dog beds, absorbent soft towels, wonderfully soft sheets. I mean, the most amazing softest sheets. The best in the marketplace. Luxurious robes, incredible mattresses, you name it. He has the very best products for the very best price. You won't find these prices anywhere else. You also get to support two things. Mike Lindell and, of of course, Truth and Radio, my show. You get to support both of us and keep this show on the air when you buy these products for your home directly from MyPillow.com. There's a lot of advantages to buying direct from MyPillow as well. Wedding gifts, Father's Day, Mother's Day, just the very best products for your home. Use the code word Kate at MyPillow.com and get the best discounts, and you'll be telling everyone about these products. Those towels get every bit of moisture off your body. I'm not kidding. The sheets, oh my gosh, the soft sheets you will ever experience. You really need to get these great products and help us both out. Keep this show on the air. And Mike's movie, Absolute Proof, is a must-see. It's all about the voting fraud. So make sure, support both of us. Go to my pillow. Use the word Kate. Get steep discounts on everything. I really thank you for this. Thanks, you guys. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I'm healthy. I want to stay healthy. I like the idea of what the product is all about. I believe in the body's ability to heal itself. And I also believe that fruits and vegetables from God's great earth are the best way to do that. This is derived right from fruits and vegetables and there's no extra chemicals involved. And I thought, you know what, if I can just keep my immune system super strong, I'm in favor of it. So far, I've been able to avoid any sicknesses and I just like to stay out ahead of these things. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751. That's 800-2468-751. Or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code KATE. The British are coming. Quick, put up your gun-free zone sign and run to your safe space said no founding father ever. The Kate Daly Show starts now. American opportunity has no limits, has been known to knock more than once. How about you very young people who see a tough life ahead? Well, when Lee surrendered to Grant at Appomattox, Booker T. Washington was a nine-year-old slave. Yet by the time he was 28, he became president of Tuskegee Institute. And at eight months, Neil Armstrong took his first small baby step toward mankind and fell flat on his face. At six years old, Mickey Mantle was settling for a base on balls. At seven, Will Chamberlain nailed a practice hoop over his garage without a ladder. And at eight, Charles Lindbergh was flying a kite, wondering how it'd feel to be up that high. At nine, Bert Bacharach was thinking the piano lessons that never end. How many of you are pushing 50 and complaining that the country is going to hell? Crispus Attucks was in his 40s when he died on State Street in Boston, fighting for the freedom that we share. And John F. Kennedy was 44 when he asked not what his country could do for him, but what he could do for his country. And how many of you over 65 are just settling down, not a rest, after a busy life. 
Well, a fellow by the name of Eisenhower, who had already lived one lifetime as a soldier, was re-elected to the presidency when he was 67 years young. Well, by now I've made my point, or I never will. Oh, there's one other thing. Every man and woman or child I've ever known, met, seen or heard of, wants one thing more than anything else in the world. That one thing is tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's the only thing any of us have going for us. And I believe this. If tomorrow all of us, every single one of us, gets out of bed and says, this is my country and I'm going to do good for it, we'll make the greatest step forward since a pilgrim's foot found Plymouth Rock. Tomorrow, remember, this is my country and I'm going to do good for it. Just might work. We'll never know unless we give it a fair try. Oh, yeah, and there's one other thing I'll say tomorrow because I say it every day of my life. God bless America. Welcome, Kate Daly Show. Last hour. <clears throat> Last hour. I'm playing a uh, rerun tomorrow of some really wonderful, listen to all three hours if you can, even go online if you, if you need to, to listen to all three hours, but it's going to be good because I'm going over a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that I haven't gone over in a while that pertains to the revolution, all kinds of history. So tomorrow, and, and these would be great podcasts if you're on the road with your family to listen to as well. Yeah, I'm fired up, but they would be good. <laughs> I promise. Hi, Uncle Milty. Hello, hello, hello. Wow. Um, packed show today, but there's just so much I want to play for you. And, you know, um, I talked about a lot about the flags in the last couple hours because um, I see I seem to see a lot of flags going up for things that we shouldn't have flags for, in my opinion. And I think what, you know, when I when I think back to the 13 colonies... And I think back to the flag that we put up for America. Do you know what the red symbolizes in the, in the red, white, and blue? Hardiness and valor. Do you know what the white symbolizes? Purity and innocence. Purity and innocence. What does the blue represent? Vigilance, perseverance, and justice. We're not seeing a lot of these things that our flag represents. A flag is a statement about us. A flag says who you are. It also, back in the day, was the way we communicated. So when a horseman, when, when they would get on the horse and they would have the flag in front of the troops, these flags were used, and they really don't know how far back it dates, but these flags were used for rudimentary signaling, identification, if you couldn't speak, the flag spoke for you. It said what you were about, what you were fighting for, what you were doing. Okay? When I plant a flag on my property, and I don't care if you're as libertarian as I'll get out. I know a lot of libertarians have problems with what the USA represents today. I don't care. That flag represents the miracle of becoming a nation whose whole entire identity was liberty. Liberty in everything, religion, everything, liberty and property ownership, li liberty and capitalism, liberty and opportunity, right? So that speaks to who we are as a people. I will not put up a flag for adultery, theft, baby killing. I won't put up flags for all of these things, even though, even though I can still love my neighbor who might commit these sins, who might do these things. I can't put up flags on my lawn to say who I am. If we couldn't speak, would I want that flag to define who I am? 
Would I want those things to define what I believe in? I believe in liberty for all. I believe in God. Those are the only two things that would ever go on a flag for me. If you have other things that possess your lawn that are flags supporting and really kind of going across the bend for overall, not, I'm talking beyond tolerance. I'm talking about absolutely supporting and shoring up sin. We have a problem in America then. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I just think that when take those take those flags very seriously because those flags define who you are in your heart, who you are as an individual, what you actually believe in. And I I feel like uh, you know when I see all these corporations flying the gay pride flag, I can't have pride in those things. I would never fly a flag for those things. Why are these entities flying flags and taking the place of our American flag? Who are these people that are doing this? Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. They misrepresent Shekinah glory. Yeah. They're frauds. That's yeah. what they do. Right. I agree with were, you. If they were truthful about it, they'd fly the flag of the golden calf. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you, you go. If you, take, if, you take the, if you take the American flag and spiritually squeeze it, rivers of blood will come out of it. Yep. And there yep. are things that God holds precious. Right. And he keeps them. Thank you. Happy Fourth, everyone. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Let me play Red Skeleton. Red Skeleton talks about the Pledge of Allegiance because it's more than just a pledge. You know, we're not zombies mindlessly saying something. That's not what that's not what we're about. We're not that's not what we do. Think about the words that you're pledging to, because to me it's a pledge about liberty. Uh, this is Red Skeleton. I remember a teacher that I had. Now I only I went I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was ten years old because I was hungry. And I used to this, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher, he was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, and he says, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, May I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word? I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. 
and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all, for all, which means boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. One nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Amen. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? Well, that was Red Skeleton. Not I, that they didn't try. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and by the way, there is no law passed that kids can't pray. I, I think people are really lost on that idea. They think that actually happened. It didn't. Um, let me just say this, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance is pledging to me about the liberty of the nation. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. The baby's fine, right? And when I look at a lot of Americans who want to diss this country uh, because of what, what the government has done to us, okay, the CIA has done to us, the UN has done to us, all these, all these entities have done to us, it doesn't mean that the core of this meaning of liberty and the core of our country isn't the best on earth. It is. And so this is why I won't fly a flag of another nation. I don't fly a flag for the LGBTQ and homosexuality. I don't pledge allegiance to homosexuality. I won't fly a flag for anything except for the liberty that God was so wonderfully instrumental in giving us through America. That's what I pledge to. I pledge my allegiance to that, my love to that. When I see that flag flying, that's what it represents to me. The liberty that we wanted for <coughs> centuries. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. I will take your calls soon. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show.
my show. I wish this was on the rotations for the radio stations. This song, they did an amazing job. Yep. Madison Rising. Do a lot of patriotic music. Little rocker-ish, but it's great, isn't it? Listen. strikes me that word are we standing beside her are we guiding her or are we just following along with whatever the world wants us to do honestly stand for something or you'll fall for anything and that's really the crossroads that we're at today in america do you want to know why i say that do you want to know what our news cycle was for this show because we had a different show planned not this one we weren't going to do this show because i'm actually doing a lot of stuff tomorrow but let me just tell you the pro-science mom that made her 12-year-old daughter be a guinea pig for the vaccine and is now in a wheelchair with an oxygen tube. We have the underground cables that are spying on us right now, tracking us and spying on us. Do you know how many underground cables there are doing that? The uh, radical organ. Organ has fallen off a ledge. Oregon is just disgusting. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's gotten to a place. I know there's some good people there, but it's just gotten to a place where it's just embarrassing. And, uh, and there's a lot going on in Oregon. Pass a bill to give illegal aliens Medicaid. Just making it legal, right? Hmm. Um, we also have um, a, a great piece on Rumsfeld deliberately causing the deaths of many Americans and profiting off it, but yet people in government today are saluting him and paying tribute to him. You know, this is why we're doing a show about the importance of what a flag means because our country's being overrun now by other kinds of flags because they want to oust the American flag. It's disgusting, but they want to do it. And they really want to do it for sin, if I'm being honest. You know, it's like, let's, let's go fly somebody else's flag, some other country somebody came from to come here, yet fly the flag of my native socialist land or fly the flag for homosexuality. We're seeing a lot of this go on right now, and it's really sad to me. What I don't understand is how a person who grew up in this country mm-hmm. can look the other way, way now yep. at what's going on. I mean, I Rumsfeld. I know. That man would have been nothing in any other country. He would have been nothing. Very instrumental in 9-11, if you ask me. I mean, we have all these traitors. And that's what Star Spangled Banner was talking about, the traitors, right? From even within our country. Yet Republicans go, they're part of my tribe. They're part of my tribe. I can't. Oh, I just have to shore them up. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. We have to go back to the founding of this country, what the flag actually stood for in the very beginning because it still represents the same thing it did back then. No matter what they do to this country at the helm, no matter what the screwed up fraudulent Biden administration does, no matter what they try to do, all these activists that are communists, no matter what they try to do to our nation, our nation still stands for something very, very special. And unlike any other, I wouldn't want to live in any other country but this. But that doesn't mean I can stay silent and not fight for what we are supposed to be. This is Paul Harvey, signers of the Declaration. Enjoy. But for any eve of the 4th of July, I, Paul Harvey, do herewith bequeath unto you something to remember. You may not be able to quote one line from the Declaration of Independence at this moment. 
Henceforth, you'll always be able to quote at least one line. It's in the last paragraph where you will recall when I remind you, it says, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. In the Pennsylvania State House that's now called Independence Hall in Philadelphia, the best men from each of the colonies sat down together. This was a very fortunate hour in our nation's history, one of those rare occasions in the lives of men when we had greatness to spare. These were men of means, well-educated, 24 were lawyers and jurists, nine were farmers, owners of large plantations. On June 11, a committee sat down to draw up a declaration of independence. We were going to tell the British fatherland, no more rule by redcoats. Below the dam of ruthless foreign rule, the stream of freedom was running shallow and muddy. And we were going to light a fuse to dynamite that dam. This pact, as Burke later put it, was a partnership between the living and the dead and the yet unborn. There was no bigotry, there was no demagoguery in this group. All had shared hardship. Jefferson finished a draft of the document in 17 days. Congress adopted it in July, and so much is familiar history. But now, King George III had denounced all rebels in America as traitors, punishment, for treason was hanging. The names now so familiar to you from the several signatures on that Declaration of Independence, the names were kept secret for six months, for each knew the full meaning of that magnificent last paragraph in which his signature pledged his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor. Fifty-six men placed their names beneath that pledge. Fifty-six men knew when they signed that they were risking everything. They knew if they won this fight, the best they could expect would be years of hardship in a struggling nation. And if they lost, they'd face a hangman's rope. But they signed the pledge. And here is the documented fate of that gallant 56. Carter Braxton of Virginia, wealthy planter, trader, saw his ships swept from the seas to pay his debt. He lost his home and all of his properties and died in rags. Thomas Lynch Jr., who signed that pledge, was a third generation rice grower, aristocrat, large plantation owner. After he signed, his health failed, his wife and he set out for France to regain his failing health. Their ship never got to France, was never heard from again. Thomas McKean of Delaware was so harassed by the enemy that he was forced to move his family five times in five months. He served in Congress without pay, his family in poverty and in hiding. Vandals looted the properties of Ellery and Clymer and Hall and Gwinnett and Walton and Hayward and Rutledge and Middleton. Thomas Nelson Jr. of Virginia raised $2 million on his own signature to provision our allies, the French fleet. After the war, he personally paid back the loans, wiped out his entire estate, and he was never reimbursed by his government. In the final battle for Yorktown, he, Nelson, urged General Washington to fire on his, Nelson's own home, which was occupied by Cornwallis. It was destroyed. Thomas Nelson, Jr. had pledged his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor. The Hessians seized the home of Francis Hopkinson of New Jersey. Francis Lewis had his home and everything destroyed, his wife imprisoned. He died within a few months. 
Richard Stockton, who signed that declaration, was captured, mistreated, his health broken to the extent that he died at 51, his estate was pillaged. Thomas Hayward Jr. was captured when Charleston fell. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside while she was dying. Their 13 children fled in all directions for their lives. His fields and grist mill were laid waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves and returned home after the war to find his wife dead, his children gone, his properties gone. And he died a few weeks later of exhaustion and a broken heart. Lewis Morris saw his land destroyed, his family scattered. Philip Livingston died within a few months from the hardships of the war. John Hancock, history remembers best due to a quirk of fate rather than anything he stood for, that great sweeping signature attesting to his vanity, ours over the others, one of the wealthiest men in New England. And yet he stood outside Boston one terrible night of the war, and he said, burn Boston, though it makes John Hancock a beggar if the public good requires it. So he, too, lived up to the pledge. Of the 56, few were long to survive. Five were captured by the British and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes from Rhode Island to Charleston sacked, looted, occupied by the enemy, or burned. Two lost their sons in the army. One had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 died in the war from its hardships or from its more merciful bullets. I don't know what impression you had had of the men who met that summer in Philadelphia. But I think it's important that we remember this about them. They were not poor men. They were not wild-eyed pirates. These were men of means. They were rich men, most of them, and had enjoyed much ease and luxury in their personal living. Not hungry men, certainly not terrorists, not irresponsible malcontents, not fanatical incendiaries. These men were prosperous men, wealthy landowners. They were substantially secure in their prosperity. They had everything to lose. But they considered liberty, and this is as much as I shall say of it. They had learned that liberty is so much more important than security. Oh, I love it. That they pledge their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Their sacred honor. Paul Harvey, what a great tribute to the signers who are very rarely talked about, by the way. You know, one of my favorite poems, and usually when I'm doing some public speaking, I'll go through this poem. It's one of my all-time favorites. It's by Charles McKay, and it's called No Enemies. You have no enemies, you say? Alas, my friend, the boast is poor. He who has mingled in that fray of duty that the brave endure must have made foes. If you have none, small is the work that you have done. You've hit no traitor on the hip. You've dashed no cup from perjured lip. You've never turned the wrong to right. You've been a coward in this fight. And I truly believe that. What have you done and what are you doing to secure liberty for future generations? What are you doing? Because if you're a cog in the wheel that's doing anything but that, stop what you're doing. 
Stop What You're Doing. That poem by Charles McKay says it all. One of my most favorite poems. Small is the work that you have done if you have no enemies. You're very, very nice, but you're not standing for a thing if you have no enemies. Be right back, Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee across the plains of Texas oh from sea to shining sea from Detroit down to Houston New York to LA where there's pride in every American heart and it's time we stand and What a well, rendition. Well. That was done last year. Um, that was members of our military and Lee Greenwood. Uh, you'd recognize those voices, I'm sure. Um, especially Lee Greenwood. Um, I sure hope God does bless us. We're not doing much to make that possible. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're not doing a lot 
to show him who we really are. And the way that we're sort of falling into line with what the world wants right now, there was a local ex-politician here that stood up at a meeting that was pro-cancel culture and said, we have to go the way of the world. No, 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 no. No. We don't have to go the way of the world. You know, we have a lot to protect in this nation. And if you go back to the declaration of our both, what's very interesting about that is that we had a declaration of independence before we had the declaration of independence. And this was the Scottish, the Scottish one, actually. And it was a letter sent by the Pope of the nobles and the barons of Scotland following the defeat of the English by the Scots of Bannock Burn, asking the Pope to simply recognize Robert the Bruce as the King of Scotland. And, and then um, two centuries later in the Netherlands, you know, we had this. And really what it was, I'll give you kind of the nutshell. This was 1566, uh, the Duke of Alva was sent into the country to put down a rebellion. And there were very few signers for this as well. It's always just a few signers under 100 people that change the world. Have you ever noticed that? But back in the day and in our mindset of that particular time, we believed we needed somebody to lord over us. We, we believed that we had to have a king. You know, why do you think you have the King, the King James Version of the Bible? It was a king that went through the Bible mm -hmm. to select out of the over 600 books what would actually appear in the Bible. Okay, so all the other books were left out. So the kings, we always felt like we needed a king to tell us what to do. But here was a declaration that said, if the king goes wrong, if the king does what's wrong, can we oust him? We want to oust him. This is what the rebellion was about. We want to oust him. Our mindset had to get to the point in 1776 where we were willing to think that we did not need somebody to tell us what to do. That we wanted to have representation, right? We wanted to be able to be over our government. It was the first time in history that we thought that this was where we needed to be and what we needed to do. And God was truly behind that effort because he made that happen for us. It protects free agency. Liberty protects free agency. Liberty and freedom are different. Freedom is the ability to do what you want to do. Liberty means that you do it under the direction of God, that you keep God in mind when you're choosing what you do and what you want to do. And this was a nation of liberty. We were very much in the favor of God, in the pocket of God, and wanted to do God's... God's um, what he wanted us to do. And this is why we call it liberty, not just freedom. There's a huge difference in that. It's truly what your guiding influence is. Because with freedom, you can do whatever you want, bad or good. With liberty, you do what's right, right? Because you understand God, you believe in God. Yep. And so I just, I say this because as as we are replacing this american flag with, with all these other kinds of flags the lgbtq flag and all these other flags the reason i'm hitting on that so much today is because i see a nation that wants to to fly that flag more than it even does the american flag and as we all stand up to pledge allegiance the gay community the heterosexual community the gay community only being under five percent in our entire nation by the way you would think it was 75% or 50%, but it's not. But what I'm saying is, is you better love that flag 
of liberty at the at the utmost because that is what encompasses liberty for all not some lgbt flag not some chinese flag not some other kind of flag and i don't know what we're doing we we've lost the importance of what that flag represents and means i guess in this in this uh country of ours we're told right now that you should be embarrassed to be an american right you should do all these things no, I'm only embarrassed for what the government does in my name, knowing that good Americans would not be okay with what they're doing. Yep. Has nothing to do with the core of this nation. But they want to paint the core of the nation bad. That's what they're trying to do. The core of this nation has given us all every single gift that we have. And, by the way, God-given gift that the government's supposed to protect, not a government-given gift. Big, huge line of, of division there. I just want to be able to, when I meet my maker, I want him to know everything I stood for without question. That I wasn't, I wasn't so lacking in courage and conviction that I championed sin or that I was okay with all of it because the world was telling me I had to be okay or I was trying to prove I was a nice human being. You don't have to prove you're a nice human being. You just have to say in a flag that you're okay with liberty, that you're good with liberty. You would, you love your liberty. But for some reason, we're on this kick to prove and out-nice each other, I guess. I don't know what it is. What we is it? are, but, but there's always hope. Mm-hmm. Today, the NFL clarified that the entire league is not gay, just the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> 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 I love the Babylon yeah. Bee. Babylon Bee. I love the Babylon Bee. You know what? The Babylon Bee also put out this uh, White House reminds nation that permission slips to eat a hot dog on the 4th of July are due by tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you know what? I was. I know this is going to sound like a really weird segue, but I was reading about Britney Spears' case and how the, how the judge in that case threw out... Um, she was asking to she was asking to be on her own. She was asking to say, "Hey, I make my fortune, my sixty million dollars, and I want to. I'm I'm a working individual, and I want to be in charge of my money, and I don't want my father to be anymore because I'm an adult. She's been an adult for a couple decades now, and um, the judge said no. The judge said no. I think there's way more behind that story, but isn't it amazing in America? That she is not in charge of her money. She's not in charge of her life. They even are making her wear an IUD, right? They are preventing her from getting pregnant. And those that are are in ruling over her, um, um, her cash are her father, who she says is a bully to her. But the judge said, you don't have your own life. You're not in charge of it. That's a really bold statement coming from a judge. Really bold and really sad in this state of affairs that we're in right now. It looks to me like it's a test case to mm-hmm. show that the courts that, can lord that, over you and tell you what you get and what you don't that get. That you don't yeah. own anything. That you don't own yourself. Remember when I played Obsolete Man at the beginning of the week? That old uh, 1961 Burgess Meredith Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. where he was saying, I'm not obsolete. And they said, You are. You don't matter. You're not a person. We have a lot to fight for. And it's it's going to take the brave. We don't just sing about it. We need to be it. 
we we are we are fighting for our own existence here not to be overly dramatic but look around you look at how many people are trashing on america look how they're bringing in socialized housing it's not affordable it's socialized housing they want housing for city employees and firemen and teachers and they're actually saying to people and people are going ooh that's cool we're going to have blocks of housing paid for by tax dollars for various employment in this country beyond just the military. Military introduced it. They should have never introduced that. It's totally anti-American, but they are. So housing for all paid for by all of us, eradication of middle class, socialized housing. The big picture of that, people are in favor of ousting the middle class. Um, we have a huge problems going on right now. And I know, you know, that cause you're listening to this show. I, I know you get it. Wow. I was looking at Babylon B and man, they were nailing it, right? They were nailing it. We at the NSA are not spying on you. insists muffled voice coming from Tucker Carlson's toaster. <laughs> <laughs> Biden rushing to get Marxist agenda done before Trump reinstated as president. I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. I mean, they're actually, honestly, well, here's one for you. Intelligent design atheists and dismantling materialism. Um, I mean, you guys, the Babylon Bee really nails it. Isn't that sad? Oh, my gosh, you guys. We're they, so in trouble. They really only want two classes of people. They want the mm-hmm. elite and they want the serfs. I know. And that's what we're headed for. And people are applauding it. Not only applauding it, they're basically, they're basically encouraging it, loving it. Housing? For, because, because people have low salaries? Housing? Government paid for housing? Everyone's going in for their selfish cut. Not understanding they're a cog in the wheel for the big picture of us turning into China. We used to feel sorry for the people in China. Now they all feel sorry for us because we don't even realize we're in it. Mm-hmm. We're so brainwashed. We're brainwashed into sticking all these flags on our lawns. We're brainwashed into, into going into this cancel culture thing and being offended by everything and everybody that we don't understand because of our own ignorance. We're doing this to ourselves. Nobody's doing this to us. We're doing it. We're doing it. Every time you condone sin, every single time you stand there and do nothing while all this is going on in America, you're condoning it. What do you stand for? I've been asking that question in this show today. When you meet your maker, will God know what you stood for while you were down here? Or are you so confused that you're lobbying for sin, but you are trying to sing the words of the, of the Star Spangled Banner? Are you this confused? Who are you? Do your kids know what you stand for? Are you that vocal? Could they relate to somebody else what you stand for, what you're for and against? They need to be able to articulate what you are for and against. Your kids and your grandkids. If they can't do that because they don't know, because you're so confusing in your messages, because you're so silent, because you have no backbone, you better get it together. And right quick. And right quick is right. Thanks, Uncle Milty. 
Uh, there's a show playing tomorrow. I hope you like it. It's a lot of stuff from the past. I really hope you enjoy it. And uh, see y'all on Tuesday. Everybody, be faithful. Be fearless. Be faithful. Be fearless. Faith gives you the ability to be fearless in this life. Go be fearless. KateDallyRadio.com. 